I personally think that the spiritual awakening that's happening in the world today has everything to do with unified consciousness and elevating our thinking to that level. But what is it? What's it going to be like? In other words, we're just going to sit around going, I mean, what do you do? How do you get there? You just go, okay, everything's unified now. And then what? So we need to put some building blocks in place to actually know how to do it. It's not that unified consciousness is a technique, but at our level of consciousness, we need to have some sort of understanding of it. You don't just go, okay, unified consciousness, here we go. I don't know, maybe you do. Maybe that's just what I've been missing all along. I don't know. But, but what we're talking about is a consciousness with an added dimension. In other words, uh, and I'm specifically comparing what I think of as unified consciousness with our dualistic paradigms. I'm sort of talking about dualistic thinking, black and white thinking, that kind of communication versus what? Versus something that avoids the pitfalls of dualistic thinking. And so to do it, it would have to add a dimension. It has to because dualistic thinking is either or. So either you want to go to point A or point B. Let's say there's point A and point B. And you're entertaining going to both of them, but you can only go to one. And it's sort of like, I want to live in the city. No, I really want to live in the country. And it's a part of me does want each. But it's really black and white. If you go to point B, you can't go to point A and vice versa. And you want to go to both or part of you wants to go to one and part of you wants to go to the other. And so how do you escape it? Because it is true if you live in the material world, you can't go to point A and point B at the same time. And you're really kind of screwed because, you know, if you want to go to point B, but choose point A instead, because you only have one option that you can take. And so you go to point A, but the part of you that wanted to go to point B is all messed up now. And so then you could go, well, because there's a significant downside to both point A and point B, I'm not going anywhere. Well, okay, well, now you're not going anywhere. So that sort of dualistic thinking, it's, it's either good or bad. It's right or wrong. Okay, we all know what this is. But how do you get beyond it? And we think this way so much of the time. And so if we are of a mind to progress to a more unified kind of consciousness, does it relieve us of, does it make us able to be in two points at the same time? Physically, no. Well, what does it do? Well, it sort of does a combination of one accepting the dualistic reality and adding a very, very different perspective. That includes accepting that you can't have, you can't be in two places at one time. You can't, sometimes in life, you can't have everything that you want. In a dualistic model, 
if you want anything beyond one of the two options fully, you're kind of screwed. Right? Because you can only have one. And if you want to be satisfied with the choice, then you essentially need to reject everything about the other. The warrior draws a line in the sand and says, if you step onto this side of the line, you're for me. And if you're on that side of the line, you're against me. That warrior just imposed a made-up reality onto these people. Those weren't the only two choices available to them outside of his influence. Of course, you can be neither for or against this warrior. But if you're there, and that's the only choice you have, it may be the choice you have to make. Duality is a model that inevitably leads to war because it doesn't accommodate enough of our wants, needs, and desires. Doesn't accommodate enough of the way the world maybe works. And when that dualistic archetype is at the underpinning of a society. There's going to be war. And then if you want to move beyond that, I mean, can you imagine a society in which nobody's thinking dualistically? Maybe you don't need the police. Maybe you don't need to be governed so much. Maybe it can be a completely different deal. Which would represent truly the dawning of a new age. But you can't get there while retaining the dualistic model. And it's one of the hardest things. Because the dualistic model is so useful in everyday material life. Do I go here or there? I mean, the number of choices that you can reduce your physical life down to, you know, the better off you are. And so this kind of thinking, either or thinking, is so useful in the material world. But in any kind of larger space from that, even in creative problem solving, well, creative problem solving is extremely limited within a dualistic model where it's either black or white. And I know you can go, yeah, there's lots of shades of gray in between. And I think that makes a lot of finer distinctions. But they're... Perhaps shades of gray in between two polar opposites in a dualistic model. And maybe we just set the whole thing aside entirely. And start from a place that includes an added dimension of thinking. And where there is a different perspective and different choices. And different motivation. Dualistic thinking leads to a scarcity of resources, which leads to competition, which leads to aggression, which leads to not automatic wonderful feelings about each other when we first meet. I guess logic demands that when you take uh, 
this entire broad and deep spectrum of choices available to our consciousness at any given time, and you boil that down to two choices, that those choices must necessarily be at polar opposites of the spectrum from each other. So dualistic thinking means constantly living with these polarities, which, guess what? We all do. However, if you stop trying to solve the polarity by choosing a side or making some sort of compromise and just start to realize that way of thinking is a limited way of thinking and that there are other perspectives above and beyond. In other words, you could fill in all the details between the polarities and then you can fill in all the details of every neighboring polarity and just stop thinking that way and allow your consciousness to expand. Oh, I have an idea. Let's just imagine that we're faced with a point A, point B choice. Now I'm going to go with the city and the country choice. Let's say I am someone who desperately wants to live in both the city and the country. However, I am not willing to compromise on either case. I want to live both fully in the city and the country. And so we have that situation, and now we just imagine somehow magically elevating our consciousness to some place beyond that particular inner conflict. And as we get to some sort of higher consciousness on this matter, you know, the first thing that occurs to me is, it's not that important. In other words, it's not that my desires are unimportant. It's that fighting with the laws of nature over where I'm going to live isn't a very good idea. And there's a better way to go about it. In other words, I would probably approach the situation by looking, by judging not by whether it's in the city or the country, but judging by the individual home itself. And one of the features in the home are that it will be either in the city or the country, but why not go for the most amazing home? Given all the other factors involved, I mean, can you imagine if you picked a place just by city or country, and then where it's located, and then you had no other criteria, no other standards for uh, your home other than, you know, it's located in either the city or the country. And, you know, so if it doesn't have a bathroom, it's fine, right? With that kind of pure, let's call that pure dualistic thinking. It's gripping. We can get caught up in it, but the choices don't expand along that line of thinking. Like you're on rails and you're headed to one place or another, but pick because. You know, the train tracks are splitting ahead and you've got to go one way or another. The second thing that comes to mind um, 
is that there is a different set of criteria for making this decision. As I start to think about my life and my purpose and uh, being of service, where is the greater opportunity according to this, let's just say, higher order criteria? Whereas before, I may have wanted to live in the city because, you know, it's close to the bars and the cigar shops. And I wanted the lifestyle and so on and so forth. And it's all valid. And yet from a higher consciousness, I, I don't see the conflict between the city and the country. I don't allow those choices to enter into my thinking because why set myself up for the impossible? You know, just rising above the conflict feels great. It absolutely feels great. And it's sort of like I get the sense that, you know, I'm going to be happy wherever I go. Why don't I go where I'm most needed? Why don't I go where, where there's the greatest likelihood I'll fulfill my larger purpose in life? So we're just thinking according to a different set of criteria. But there's no conflict. There's a choice to make. There are choices to make. But there isn't an internal struggle about it. So that's sort of the thoughts that come to me when I think about using my imagination, kind of project myself up into what I imagine to be a more unified uh, way of thinking that goes beyond the sort of dualistic model. It basically says um, duality is, at that level of thinking, duality just seems like a waste of time because you get stopped so much. But I don't know. I would have to think about it further to come to any conclusions on that one. These are huge concepts that we're talking about here. And so it seems if we sort of look at, okay, where did I end up? I sort of ended up going, being in this debate with myself is a waste of time. Just There's just no way for it to end well. However, seeing the futility, I didn't just give up. I was okay. I'm okay not pursuing any house at all. How about that? It's okay. However, uh, after seeing the futility, I didn't give up. I went, well, maybe I just need a different point of focus, not on these two mutually exclusive options. And yeah, I'm still concerned about the overall satisfaction with the place. And whether it's in the city or the country, apparently really matters. And yet, uh, I can imagine plenty of houses in the country that I wouldn't want to live in, that I'd rather live in a nicer place in the city, and vice versa. So there's this whole larger field of comparison. We're bringing so much more information into the mix that the path forward gets a whole lot easier when we expand our thinking. Now, you know what? Let's do this imagination thing right, because that was actually very powerful for me as I sat here and did it on the fly. Um, but let's think about how to do it right. How about this? Uh, that you not on the fly sit down somewhere at the appropriate time and space 
and be curious about this. Close your eyes and ask for help in elevating your thinking to a more unified consciousness for the sake of doing this exercise. And uh, then just wait. Who's going to show up? I don't know. But remember, every question you ask is answered. Whoever's in there, in your mind, somewhere, at some level, I'm guessing there's an entity who understands unified consciousness. Maybe you go, hey, if you're there, help me out. And wait for someone to show up. Now, I'm not telling you that an actual being is going to show up. What I am telling you is that if you stay open-minded and use your imagination, that an actual imaginary being will very likely show up. And imagination to me is something very, very different. If you haven't had powerful experiences with your imagination, then, hey, you may be very surprised at how things go from here. Because if you open to your imagination and let it happen, wonder what's in your mind. We're not talking about anything scientific here. We're not talking about objective truth. We're talking about personal truth. In other words, if you ask your mind, hey, can I get some help elevating my thinking for the purpose of doing this exercise? I'd like to think in unity consciousness. Anyone around to help me out with that? You're asking your mind a question. Your mind's going to answer. And then you got to sort of go with it from there. If your mind says, well, I'm not sure you're ready for that, then you can go, oh, can you help me get ready? Or you may just get a flat out no. Now's not the time. I don't know. The point is, we're knocking on the door of our minds. Let's see what happens. And ask the question. Somebody may show up. In which case, you could say, what do I do? How are we going to do this thing? An exercise in using our imagination to elevate our thinking in a highly constructive way. That's what this is. And I got to tell you, the first time I sat down to do this exercise, uh, sort of thinking about it in the way I've described over this series of podcasts so far, uh, I got all prepared to do it and everything. And, uh, you know, very reverent, and I go in and ask for help, and, I, and then immediately I hear this voice on right in my right ear says, you're an idiot, and I laugh about it. Now, I actually, it gave me pause, and I was reminded of the respectful tourist. We don't really know what's going on within this vast realm of the mind. And so I went, okay, you know, stay the course. Then I turned toward this part and it turns out it was a part that I'm very well, that's a very beloved part of me. It was playing a trick on me and wanted to see if I would keep my own rules. So, you know, there you go. You never know quite what's going uh, to happen. All right, I think that we should start wrapping up here. Let's just recap for a moment. 
what we've talked about here is a more integrated way of thinking that I'm calling unity consciousness or unified consciousness that helps us to rise above dualistic thinking that often leads us into either or choices that are inadequate. And we feel conflicted, we can feel trapped. And so we want to elevate our thinking to include a lot more information so that we can make a more informed choice. We're going to do this by assuming that there's a part of us that understands already unified consciousness that may even be connected to unified consciousness and can and able to connect with us as well. And so we're just going to, at the right time and space, we're just going to say, hey, is there a part of me that understands unified consciousness? And if so, will you help me? And then we're going to wait, pay attention to anything we see, hear, or feel next. And from there, you have to treat this like a normal conversation. You're gathering information, trying to learn what's going on. You got to treat it like you're having an adult conversation with another entity that thinks for itself. Now, if you do all of that and you get, and you don't get anywhere, in other words, uh, we talked about what happens if you go blank in another episode. Sorry, I'm not going to recap that here. But what I'm talking about is what if what you get back is stress, self-criticism. You hear your third grade teacher's voice saying, we don't do things like that. We don't talk to ourselves. I mean, if, you, if it doesn't go well, I'm going to suggest to you that that's a really good thing. Because there's no right or wrong answer. Our objective here is to establish communication with parts of ourselves that are not in our normal waking consciousness. And so if you have some part out of control criticizing you that you that you can't control, then guess what? You have achieved the objective. This is a part that thinks for itself that is in a realm of consciousness that you don't have access to you can't control it. And so it's stressful. That's why you're sitting in a meeting and this voice in your ears going, don't say anything, you're going to mess up and so on and so forth. It has a real impact on our behavior, but it doesn't feel like we're doing it to ourselves. It feels like it's being done to us. And so it's kind of interesting that what's actually true are both. In other words, We are both doing it to ourselves, and it is also being done to us. That's a strange thought. But if you encounter a difficult situation like this, remember, you don't really understand what's going on. How could you? You haven't asked. You haven't investigated. And remain calm. Be respectful. Realize. You have your own choices to make. So someone's criticizing you on the inside. And you can pause for a moment and say, well, okay, this is happening. What do I want to do about it? Well, this is a part of me. That nut job on the podcast said that our parts love us and want to serve us if they would recognize us. And so believe in that for a moment. 
and see if you can use any sort of maturity and skill to turn the conversation around. You're a respectful tourist. You've gone into a different culture. Someone in that culture is angry that you showed up because they didn't recognize you. Your part didn't recognize you. And so with respect and calm, you're going to begin to negotiate with whatever you encounter. I tell you what, even if you just observe it without getting upset and then say, thank you so much for showing me what's going on in here. I'll be back when I know what to do. That's all okay. The path starts where you are. It's your path. So take your time. Go very, very slowly. And don't think you have to tackle everything in one, in one sitting. Okay. So, and again, this is kind of a, I haven't laid out a, uh, here's what's going to happen next kind of uh, scenario or here are the steps. I haven't laid that out. We're not putting the pedal to the metal here. We're taking the incredibly scenic route. So don't go into this thinking, oh my gosh, you know, I must feel better immediately. And if this thing doesn't work out right here, then I'm going to that. If you're thinking along those lines, then turn in the direction of those thoughts and say, hello, you sound like you're a skeptical, cynical, or critical part, because you're not going to get beyond that to the help you need until you deal with the initial interference. You're not being welcomed into your inner space. So that's what you have to deal with. You got some work to do with those initial greeters on the inside of your mind. However, when those parts of you are on your side, boy, and then you show up and you're welcome. It's a wonderful, wonderful thing. So start where you are. Start where you are. <laughs>